Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Joshua Cahan, and today we're studying Masechet Shabbat, page 108, Daf Kufchet. Today's Daf features a story that is in many ways defining of Babylonian Amoraic Jewry. It features three Babylonian sages, Rav and Shmuel, the first generation of Babylonian sages, and the lesser-known Karna. Shmuel and Karna are sitting by a river. They notice that the water becomes choppy for no apparent reason. Shmuel, by some esoteric knowledge of science, determines that a great sage is arriving from Eretz Yisrael by boat. He's ill, and the waters are rising to ease his pain. Shmuel suggests to poor Karna that he go to test the newcomer's mettle, which Karna immediately does. The arriving sage, Rav, answers Karna's questions easily, but is enraged that he would be tested before he's even gotten off the boat. So he curses Karna that a horn should grow between his eyes, a pun on the questioner's name, which means horn. We read elsewhere that this indeed happened. Rav soon comes to Shmuel's house to eat. Shmuel gives him foods that increase his discomfort, but which Shmuel intends to help resolve the illness. Rav not being privy to Shmuel's calculation, and already sensitive to being targeted as the outsider, is again infuriated and curses Shmuel that his children will not survive. This curse, too, indeed comes to pass. We need a little background. Rav and Shmuel are the first generation of Babylonian Amoraim. Before them, all of the great rabbinic sages lived in the land of Israel. They are very different characters. Shmuel is the worldly one. He has medical knowledge, science, magic. He's connected to the government, close with the king. He's really the community macher. Rav, on the other hand, is more focused internally on Torah study alone. He travels to Eretz Yisrael to study with the greats, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, editor of the Mishnah, Rabbi Chia. By a sleight of hand, he tricks Rabbi Yehuda and Hanasi into giving him smicha, true rabbinic ordination, then promptly returns home to Bavel. Since ordination had been reserved for sages who were staying in Eretz Israel to keep the primacy of Israel in the Jewish world, Rav is now the first sage to arrive in Bavel with that title. That's why Rav is Rav and Shmuel is not This is the only generation where that imbalance exists. So this story is now a pivotal moment in the transformation of Babylonian Jewry. When we last saw Rav, he was the geeky, sheltered kid who didn't understand the world. Now he's riding into town with a big-shot title and a fancy Harvard degree, presumably expecting to swoop in and assume the role of the leading sage. Shmuel feels threatened and has a strong desire to put the interloper in his place. First, he sends his lackey out to try to stump Rav and show that Rav's learning is not so impressive. He can't do this himself. That would be crossing a line of propriety. But he wants to crack the aura before Rav even steps off the boat while he's suffering. But Rav 
passes the test. The second scene is more complex. Shimuel, the communal leader, naturally has the newly arrived scholar to his home. He knows that Rav is suffering a stomach ailment, so he gives him food that he knows will initially exacerbate the pain, but will ultimately help to resolve it. On the one hand, Shmuel is helping, even though Rav doesn't realize it. But at the same time, Shmuel is responding emotionally to the threat that Rav poses. In the process of helping, he gets to watch his rival suffer. Note that he doesn't inform Rav why he's giving him these food that would cause him pain. He just lets him suffer, knowing that he can shelter, he can take shelter in the claim that I was just helping. At the same time, Shmuel is trying to start their rivalry on his home turf, medicine. He's able to diagnose Rav's illness just from the roiling waters, and he knows the correct cure. By just administering the cure, not discussing it, he establishes himself as the expert and the powerful figure in their relationship. The doctor to Rav's patient. Shmuel is saying, you may have learned the big names, but I'm still the one who knows government and science and medicine. People in Babylonia care about those things. Rav, unfortunately, not a good patient. He does not take Shmuel's aggression lying down. He sees through Shmuel's power play, particularly in light of the more obvious first strike by Karna. The source of strength for the Jewish sage must be Torah, he says, not Babylonian magic or science. Shmuel's challenge is ultimately a challenge to Torah, not to Rav himself. So Rav responds with an incredibly harsh curse. Shmuel will not be survived by sons. We read that this curse, too, was fulfilled, though not exactly how so. For me, the curse is most interesting and most true on a metaphorical level relating to students. Shmuel remains a very important figure and Rav's main interlocutor throughout their lives. Yet all future Babylonian scholars are called Rav and trace their rabbinic authority back to the original Rav, not to Shmuel. And while there are exceptions, the Babylonian Amoraic tradition clearly emphasizes the centrality of Torah learning, and over science. And, particularly, they focus on uh, in ongoing engagement with the teachings brought from the land of Israel. They are always looking back, looking for more Torah to bring and to discuss and to study from Eretz Yisrael. While some later individuals will replicate Shmuel's broader interests, the Babylonian Academy as a whole is mainly a reflection of Rav's Torah much more than Shmuel's. Shmuel, while remaining an influential scholar, is indeed not survived by sons. He is clearly displaced by Rav as founder of the future of rabbinic dialogue. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.